Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. My name's Moshe Kasher. And my name is Natasha Legero. Uh, we have a very important and special guest, a dignified uh, man, a diplomat, in fact, in fact, an international diplomat. Uh, Natasha and I, we were recently in, in jolly old England mm-hmm. for the Queen's Jubilee. Do you remember? Uh, uh, what a wonderful... <gasps> Can, I really love that queen. She is quite a woman. Yeah, she's great. It was nice. We were really... Remar- we went over there for the Jubilee because we really honor the idea that at some point in history, a group of white people were selected from just the, the populace. Actually, from um, Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they precede Nazis? They no, just got they into were like Nazism from a later. German aristocracy, and now they just rule England and everywhere else. We and just they, think and the it's people. Cool. But here's what is so funny: because we were there during the Jubilee with our guest, who we'll introduce in a minute. But on the three stations, it's Prince uh, Harry. I don't. Okay, I shouldn't. <laughs> I should have waited. No, but the four stations they have in London, they kept playing the Jubilee, and all of the. British citizens that they were interviewing just had such fer- fervency mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the queen and they're just so happy that she exists. And I, I do wonder what what's what is it that they love so much? They certainly don't love paying for her country homes. I think it is that she represents... You know how America has no center and no soul and literally mm-hmm. nothing but a great vacuum that defines it? So she represents like the racist Nazis. Yeah, I think they love that she represents the racist Nazis. Oh, no, I know what I it think, is. Hold, well, let me think. Okay, the, okay. What they what she represents, what the what the monarchy in England represents to the people that like. And by the way, I don't th- most young people I don't think like the monarchy exists in England anyway. Right. I was watching mainstream TV. Right, but the people that do like it, what they like is that she is a physical totem. The monarchy is a physical totem to the like mythology that is England. So like if there weren't the queen, when you sit down to eat breakfast in London, there wouldn't be nine knives. That could be true. That's very possible that they would have eschewed some of the knives. Like she's like part of like the circumstance that makes people feel very British. And that's the plot to the movie Knives Out. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Anyway, we're in England to celebrate the Jubilee, obviously. No, we were there doing work, Moshe. We went to go do a television program called The Great American Joke-Off, which I believe is a play on words for The Great American Jerk-Off, which is what I did at night in the hotel while you slept, The Great American Jerk-Off. But um, it was a it was an arduous uh, show. I mean, it was a lot of... This was a lot of work. Three-hour tapings, two episodes a night, and it was um, it was shot in America quote unquote, but it was in England. So they would like go fucking buck wild for any like uh, Trenton on Stoke reference that you made or or figgy pudding. They'd be like, we fucking love it. But they were supposed to be pretending they were an American audience. And and half of the comedians were actually from America, including our amazingly funny friend and guest tonight. He, Yeah, let's bring him do on. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, let's bring him on. I mean, I feel personally indebted to him. Uh, because he did so much stand-up because um, we didn't really want to. Right. That was part of it was it was like you would do this three-hour taping and then also they were like, could you also do two separate five-minute sets in front of the audience that you just did? But this guy's so funny. 
He did it. He got up. He did it. But he's not just so funny. He did that. He also recently uh, released a really, really funny special called Hat Trick, where he performed in each of the three rooms at our hometown club here in Los Angeles, the Comedy Store. That's what the special is? That's so cool. Well, let's just say his name. Let's bring him in. An old dear friend and an amazing comedian, a funny guy, and a guy that we saw Lion King in the West End with. Uh, I believe it was his first or second Broadway show ever, uh, Fahim Anwar, ladies and gentlemen. Thank here. you, thank you. Such suspense. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're like, who you, is this guy? You were in suspense, wondering I if was. it was. I was you. like, is it me? We forgot to say that the only other Broadway show you've ever seen was Jersey Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and you forgot to mention I loved it as well. Right, right. You loved it. So Lion King, that was probably like, you know, you uh, who wouldn't like that after loving Jersey Boys? Sure. My only my only complaint was that it was there was it wasn't Jersey Boys. <laughs> it was not. Only, it can't be denied. There was less Sherry Frankie Babe, Valley songs. Yeah. Actually, I do believe it was Frankie Valley that first said, "Hey, I'm in a up in a." I don't know what the lyrics to uh, the Circle of Life are, but that I mean, was it was fun tagging uh, tagging along with you guys. <laughs> oh, that was oh yeah. I thought you meant tagging along on me singing <laughs> oh, r- no, a racist no, no. rendition of the. We were like, just puttering around London. I had nothing to do, and you guys were like, "Hey, we're gonna go to Lion King." I'm like, "Yeah, that, all right." Fahim, like, became, you actually be kind of became like an instant uncle because we had our this kid true, yeah we had our kid with us we were like we are going to this child's um west end show if you'd like to spend the entire day with our family just chaperoning us and you did yeah it's something to do otherwise i was just gonna walk around the city aimlessly until i had to do my homework before the show you know you basically were doing that that's what you said you were just like uh listening to your i iP- like your ipod and like shadow boxing through the streets of london bit. right yeah shadow boxing and dancing just mixing it up was, you- was that your first time in london no, it's probably my fourth. What What are your impressions like? Like, do you do you love the place? Do you love the queen? Do you think you could get with the queen? <laughs> do you think you could get with her house? No, like no, sexually? get with her. No, like get with the the program. Just get on board. The vibe, yeah. What's that sure. vibe? You know, I never really thought about what Moshe said, but I agree with it. Just that it's a totem to. It'd be like. Uh, you know, Gandalf, like Gandalf is still alive. <laughs> Gandalf will be so much cooler. <laughs> oh, right. Because they're endless Gandalf. No, but the, yeah. the, but the England is a very small country and the citizens pay for like huge amounts of acreage that these people live on and redecorate their homes. And they're just funded. I, I, I don't understand why that wouldn't cause I upset. S- Maybe once the queen goes, people will be less on board because she's such a brand. Yeah. We're like, I'll she support is this. a good brand. Honestly, her personal brand is fucking fire right now. <laughs> she is so her TikTok. Have you, do, do you, are, do you follow her TikTok? That'd be funny if they even make the queen do TikTok. Like the PR people are like, look, you need to get on the talk. That's where all the kids are. I could see her on TikTok. By the way, well, are well, you? Oh, but, oh, but Mosh, Mosh, sorry. Yes. Will you say the thing though? What Like thing? you figured out. Um, remember, you, what was the thing? You said you figured out why the queen now comes. What happened that made her now come out and just shake hands with everybody all day long? Oh, I think what you're referring to... Okay, this is what happened. This is smart what he said. It's really smart what I said. Natasha, (laughs) I I kind of make sure she says all... She collects the smart things I say through the mm -hmm. week and then we kind of download them on the podcast. But no, we went to Versailles after, after we saw you. We went to Paris and went to Versailles. And Versailles is the palace of the of King Louis of France, the the last king before they cut the heads off of the, the king and queen that was his son and daughter-in-law. 
And you get to Versailles and it's so unbelievably over the top with opulence and money that you immediately walk in and you go, oh, I see exactly why they cut these people's heads off. Like I can I can see you're a poor peasant and you sniff the, the kind of gilded bricks of Versailles. Like we need to murder these people. So that's the reason that the queen and that the monarchy currently is so like down with with the people they're just they put on their gloves oh. and their hats and they go shake people with like a smile on their face ever for since two Versailles, hours. everybody's just like <laughs> okay you know what we need to do is be just like really all among the people like because they just can feel the guillotine and there's always press out and they always have those goddamn hats on and they just put their gloves on and smile like because a they know they're mannequin the... and everyone's like it's, it's exactly like a person who is in a con who's conning you and knows that you're sl- sort of slowly starting to figure them out. Yeah. You know, it's been happening for a couple hundred years where they're like, oh, the people kind of know that this is a grift. You know, but we- And then remember, they're like, oh, we'll just give you back Barbados. No, it's fine. You yeah. can have it. No, exactly. <laughs> They know that the people know that it's a grift. The people know that it's a grift. Yeah, anybody, no, they don't. They on, love it. They love it, but they know. The jubilee on... people. Every we were in we were in a hotel in London, and it was full of people from England who would who were all coming to celebrate the Queen's jubilee. I'm not saying they don't love the Queen. All I'm saying is they went from like being in power, controlling everything, to and and ergo taking all the tax money to being nothing but a symbol, but still taking a lot of oh, the tax yeah. money. So they're kind of going like, at any moment, this could run out. I think you might be oh, right. and Meghan Markle, like, you know, any of that is just kind of like, you know, it's about to happen. Yeah, I think you might be right. When she dies, it might be like... Yeah, because, like, what players do you have after that? <laughs> then it's just all, it's all like Ant-Man. It's not, like, Thor's gone. Ant-Man. <laughs> Captain America is gone. Oh, you that think people so- will not listen to Charles? <laughs> No, that is so true. He would just get a tomato thrown in his head if the, he ever tried to give a real speech. They're as down. A king. They're down to minor characters, but it's <laughs> but they're still charging the same for the ticket. Pretty much, yeah. It's like, it, it's exactly like the Whalers. Mm. You know, you go to see the Whalers now, and it's like Ziggy Marley, Damian Marley in the Whalers, Robert Marley in the Whalers, Tom Marley in the. You're like, no, 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 no. I want. I'm and, not paying Bob and, Marley prices for Ziggy Marley. <laughs> and why do they get two hundred and fifty? acres of land for each of their homes the in like a small country like it, it's just it's very i don't know i, I feel like it's so outdated you i think, mean of course our system's terrible too i was thinking about the whole time when we were there for jubilee and it almost just shows you how innocuous the queen is it's just like she can't really rock the boat that much or Im- implement too much change she's a figurehead and i was thinking because she was ruling for what it's celebrating 70 years of mm-hmm. 70 years could you imagine if Trump was, in, if we had an American for <laughs> like 70 years? Like how, how much the country changed in four years? Imagine Insane. 70 years like a Trump jubilee. But and, Trump oh was in power. I mean, I, No, but the queen I don't think is as divided as Trump. What do you, well, she just shakes hands and she, she, she can't do really do People, the, the populace seem to love her. Well, that's because she doesn't do anything. She can't actually yes. ruin everything. She just sort she of sits there. That's places. why it's kind of nice. Like, you can't be too mad at Jubilee because she's not implementing that much change to the country. It's just right. like Mickey Mouse. She's just sucking on the teat of the United Kingdom. And it is so funny and so true that it's like, why are these people, 
why are they living in this kind of opulence? They live in a palace because what? Because once their family was in charge of the country <laughs> 300 years ago before the Magna Carta, and now they're just still kind of like taking a gold stagecoach in through the Buckingham Palace gates going like, I hope nobody figures this out. Yeah, like stealing other countries and ruling over them. That's it. I got to say, like, the the the... The vapidness of American non-culture, like the fact that we are this melting pot. I mean, that's an interesting, powerful part of the American story, the melting pot. Yeah. But the problem with the melting pot is it all becomes soup. Like there's no, there's no kind of there there. Like what are our, our traditions are like 4th of July where we, we, <laughs> we like light firecrackers and eat hot dogs. Like the idea, like the idea that there's crown jewels. We went and saw the crown jewels. They have crown jewels that are like, that are guarded that they by they all own they're guarded by beef eaters oh yeah that's I mean, a great name it, it's so, yeah so, isn't it it's just beef the best just the best i mean i just think there's something cool about the depth of culture there that we just don't have they say it takes three generations of natural superiority to create an aristocracy so basically these people for at least three generations were like we are superior to you because mm. of the color of our skin and because of our breeding and because of our thoughts and because of how we look and however they did it and then they've taught their children that and then their children taught their children that and they just took over here's what i think i think that comedians mm. are the modern day um royalty you know, a lot of people say comedians are the modern day philosophers but i go a step further <laughs> And I say that we are in, in, in our DNA is the right to rule. Uh, comedian, Bill Burr, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Carlin, uh, Patrice O'Neill, Paula Poundstone. Those, to me, those are the monarchs of our time. Yeah. Poundstone is an interesting one <laughs> following those two. Nothing against Poundstone. Just like if you were an algorithm, you, you, you would need to like those who like these two also like Paula Poundstone. I'd be like, what's up with Netflix? I do like Paula Poundstone. Uh, so Fahim, what's what's what what is your internal life like? What what are you internal into right life. now? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid? What what brings you more fear? Um, coastal change. Mm-hmm. Uh, future strains of the coronavirus um yeah let's get to you hold on hold on uh ai takeover ai becoming sentient now you also uh, cancel culture but also let's not forget he's actually smarter than most comedians oh right he's a rocket scientist you went to school for to be a rocket for to be a rocket scientist didn't you go to be school for (laughs) For that rockets yeah speaking of firecrackers aerospace engineers to build big firecrackers that people ride right yeah Yeah. that's really cool i'm just prefacing that like he's a smart man so he's not like just concerned about cancel culture so so where are your (laughs) thoughts um yeah i like this question what do you what keep what are your demons what keeps you up at night man you know we were in the hallway of the comedy store just talking about ai and how it's progressing and all that and then, uh, like, have you seen that image generator where you can type? It's making the rounds on Twitter where you yeah. can. This I forget what the website is, but you can type in anything you want, and yeah. it'll generate pretty convincing images of whatever you typed in. You could type in like Natasha Leggero eating a sandwich, and it would be like a weird AI constructed cartoon of an image that kind of looked like you eating a sandwich. It's what impressive. happens when they're like Natasha in five years? Natasha Leggero sucking dick. Well, then I'll send It'll them some <laughs> of the pictures from my iPhone. What if someone just uses that website to write like celebrity feet? You <laughs> yeah. know, just do an AI It'll, rendering of happen. feet. But actually, that's a good that's a good question. If if it's kind of convincing now, in ten years it will be 
straight up, it will be convincing. Yeah. So we were just, because normally AI, you think about it, replacing jobs like trucking or whatever. But I'm concerned, like what happens? Because with deep learning and all this stuff, will computers be able to write the perfect joke and mm. do comedy? Because with art... <laughs> No way. I don't know. We laugh at it right now, but if it can do these images and stuff, and there is this romantic nature of, of the like artist. art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if a robot in deep as learning can as, figure it out, wait, then what that's is scary. deep learning? You've said this like it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. So it's sort of like a computer. I mean, I'm really, this is like a dumb guy's version of trying to explain it, but you give it a data set and it learns and it learns exponentially. Like you give it enough data and the processing power is so fast that it can learn faster than any human and it gets better and better at this thing. So are you talking about the guy who, who the, the Google employee who said that his robot was sentient? I don't know. Like that guy seems a little interesting. I don't know. If- he said that talking to the robot was like talking to a very precocious seven-year-old with a physics degree. <laughs> hmm. no, and but- that's how, and, but, you know, all the scientists are like, well, he's probably just a little confused. But then the really smart people are like, well, we're never, we're not going to know when AI is sent- sentient. Yeah. It just never occurred to me that like, oh, what if AI gets so good, it it does my job. By the way, I love uh, that's that's such a comedian that's answer. Scary. That's yeah, scary. It's such a comedian answer. I love it. It's a perfect. That's what co- keeps him up at night. The perfect <laughs> comedian <laughs> answer. Night, but like, I never thought what's about your, it. What's, <laughs> uh, what's the most disturbing thing in the in the future is the possibility that stand up will be taken over by Google <laughs> by a but robot. Well, no, but, but that's so but interesting. Here's the good news. I got good news. Huh. Um, all of these questions, the answer is yes. Like, will could AI develop enough that it would take over the arts and begin to write the great American novel and the perfect joke and be better than a stand-up comedian at comedy? Yes. The good news is that it would take so long for that to happen. It's going to be such a long time. Climate change is going to destroy human civilization long before oh, no. we have to worry okay. about getting squeezed no, no, out. So I'll no, see, see a giant tidal wave before I even have to worry about this. No, it'll happen uh, simultaneously. Oh, okay. This is actually a debate I've been having with some friends, and I believe that AI is going to happen before climate change. We should hope that it does because that, that's going to happen in like five years. AI. We should over. hope that it does. The possibility human beings are not going to stop climate change because I mean, if COVID is any indication of what large scale international co- cooperation will render, it ain't going to happen. I know. So we should hope that AI becomes sentient because at least then we have a shot. At least we might a survive. A shot at what? At surviving climate change. If the Terminator robots take over, don't you think that they'll do something about climate change in order to keep their um, fuel or their food, the human being body food that mm, they need? Because they the want to survive too. They want to sur- Well, they could survive without oxygen, right? Yeah, probably. They want us to survive so we can serve them? So we can be batteries. It's just the Matrix? Yeah, something like that. It is not going to be positive. It, cl- climate change isn't positive climate change is going to happen in 50 years like the full the full catastrophe is probably like 30 to 50 years away no a lot far further ai is like he's already saying you can put type in natasha legero sucks a dick you think that's what ai is no but it's all it's it's like about to <laughs> the snowball ultimate result of, of no, computers a, becoming sentient is that they, you it's can about, find any- it's about to like start figuring out what how, how to be its own right at the moment where like we're completely distracted we we've been at we were at so many restaurants in europe and you just see moms with like one-year-olds just putting a phone in front of their face like that's the future. Those are the people who we need to be worried about all of this. Like instead, they're worried about the queen's TikTok. I'm, uh, the I com- want to see that. Like, what dances is she doing? Do you do dancing on TikTok? 
Uh, oh, you're such a good dancer. Fahim's right. a great For a dancer. Come on, dancer to dancer here. I mean, you're the Moshe the best. is not a dancer no, or hey, a DJ. Hey, what are you? Why are <laughs> well, you where'd what? the DJ come from? We weren't even talking about DJ. I know. She just likes to emasculate all of my hobbies. Man, can't he have dreams anymore? Yeah, can't a brother dreams dream? would be great. Hobbies five is a lot. Here's the thing about Natasha. She doesn't have hobbies, and so she resents mine. Honestly, that's, that's no what good. it. My hobby on. is hating. That's what it comes down to. Right. <laughs> that's what it like. You know, I, I have passions and she's a troll. Somehow we, <laughs> we make it work. I have dreams and she, I build and she destroys. Yeah, I have dreams. She shits on them. It's kind of beautiful. It's okay, like Jack Spratt and his you're wife. You're a great dancer, honey. No, but Fahim is a really great dancer. I'm do you do TikTok right. stuff? With uh, the dancing? I fuck around. I don't like dance to, to like build a following via dancing on Instagram. I'll just do, if there's a song I really like. I might dance and throw it up. Apparently, when, when, when I was in Atlanta, if I may interrupt you, yes, and I was extremely bored, and I was like away from my family and my child, and I had nothing to do every night, so I was in quarantine. I was definitely doing dance videos, but that's what it takes. That's what I understand. Like moms with full lives who have time to do dancing videos, because it's because they don't also have uh, other careers. I think. Yes, I think. Right. the stay-at-home mom on TikTok. Yeah, it's yeah. They're 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 focused on their on their dance on their TikTok brand, but you should do that. You're so good at dancing. Well, I just, then I they come to your stand-up you show. You're a purist. See, I realize this about you in England. Actually, you're a purist and not in a good way. It, yeah, like, interesting. Like, you might be right. If you did, if you you need to sell out. That's what I think. That's what I realized Ooh, about you do in it, England. How do I, teach me how to sell out. I don't know, or I would be bigger. To Fuck. be honest, but uh, I th- like the idea that that a com- I think you're a pure comedian is what I is what I really okay. mean. The, the positive spin on that is I think you're. You a very- want him to talk about his background? No, I want you. I I don't want you to do anything. I just realize that you're. We're kind of from the same era of yeah, stand up, yeah, yeah, where it's sure. like pure stand up, and stand ups don't do corny shit. And then other people, I feel like, are better at being like not feeling uh uh not feeling self-conscious about the kinds of things you have to do in order to actually thrive today, like doing dance videos with a dancer as good as you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Me too, by the way. I thought about this myself. I should be doing dance videos, like dancing dad video, as fucking cringe as that sounds, because that's what people like on TikTok. They like these dancers. that's what's hard to reconcile as well, because like we came from an older generation of there's a certain way to do stand-up. And then things change as to how to get on and you know tv is less important and then it's about vine and then it's about instagram then right. it's about tiktok and then it was never really about vine though i it know was, For, though. Well, vine was kind of the grandmaster flash of what we are <laughs> what we are doing they were now. the my, they were the they were the friendster of yes. of the of the of the facebook that is they kicked off short form content right they catapulted clip economy like we're in the clip economy right now please so stop true. saying that but it's true guys are really he, creeping me out he's right though look, look, can we just I take did, a call seriously I can't he's got a degree in, in in aerospace yeah, he knows about ai was scary let me tell you what's going on with the, alg- <laughs> the clip economy and the algorithms you mean the algos are the algos he's got a phd we call them algos he's got in a house. phd in clip Clip, clip economics, economics. <laughs> clip con, clip econ. I, I used to like. I always think you know back in the day, people would try to get on Johnny Carson, or and that was the thing. But now it's the algorithm is is the Tonight Show. 
Oh, that's totally. the couch. That's so true. If you can, being called over to the couch is going viral in the algorithm. Yes, the algorithm is more important than late night now. Oh, for sure, that's true. What do you I, mean the algorithm is getting called on the couch? You remember when it, that's somebody, the new gatekeeper? Remember somebody would do the Tonight Show, and if they were really good, they yeah. get called over to the couch. He's, that doesn't exist anymore for him. Saying what exi- you get called over, you don't get called over. Nothing matters if you find a way to get into the TikTok algorithm or the Instagram Reels mm. algorithm. That's the equivalent of like going blowing up overnight is if you what do you get from that Looks people like exposure people to come to your show. that's the only shit. everyone is in their phone they don't watch the tonight show anymore they're on tiktok yep. they're on instagram so if you are able to hack that like you figured out some sort of short form content that people really fuck with maybe it's flipping water bottles maybe it's scaring people at a water fountain mm-hmm. it has to be so one note yeah um and you just like hammer it to death and hashtag it Sounds and that's how really people, creative. You it's guys. not creative. It's the opposite. You have to. It's it's the worst. That's well, I funny. think that you guys should like think about it more, and then we're going to move on. Sure. I want to take a call. Wow. But okay. I Mom. do think we should think about it a little bit more, like how to make it funny. Even though you're of like, course. it's so easy. All you got to do is flip a water bottle, and make it terrible. It's not well, easy. You guys are actually hilarious no. people. So no. f- make it funny. Let's take Hila- a call. No, hilarious doesn't help. Hold on. Before we take the call, hilarious actually doesn't help. Hilarious actually gets in the way. The secret is being a fucking talentless idiot who doesn't have standards. Thank and, you. And then, well, and then you don't have anything saying this is corny. I'm not doing that. Yeah, nothing will hold you back. You just sort of like, uh, we'll think too much. Yeah. You don't, you can. You, We're too funny, Natasha. No, to it's be, not. It's not that. It's, it's just kind of stripping down <laughs> all these ideas you have and just boiling it down to one. One thing. The essence of one funny thing. It, it's just a, doing that. It's a different form. It's a different thing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. hat trick. Uh, is on YouTube right now. It's an amazing special. It's you doing the... You cl- are so funny at stand-up. You were well, cracking nice, me thanks. up. Yes. Every bit you did, that Uber bit, every, everything you were doing, it was so funny to me. No, Fahim's a great comedian and a, and a, and a, and a, tr- a, a like I said, a true comedian. So check out Hat Trick on YouTube. Honey, am I a true comedian? Yeah, but you're, you know, you, you, you also are as much an actor as you are a comedian you've got you've got your own thing going on you've got a lot of threats yeah you're she's like i think a quintuple oh shit yeah i'm scared that's how she's a comedian actor natural superiority of uh, aristocracy (laughs) aristocrat and um and uh, has lupus so she's got all that going for her yeah okay honey these calls are on the east coast they're waiting for us fair enough let's do a call we're gonna take some advice calls Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You are what I would consider to be an aesthetic creature. You know, uh, that was a nice way of putting it. Well, you just care so much about the way things look. Total type A bitch. No. When it comes to the house. God forbid. But if you also really care about the way things look, but also about cooking in a way that makes your life easier, we have a pan set to recommend to you. Oh, my God. These are so beautiful. They're beautiful. They're called caraway. They're good looking and they are clean to cook on. They're they're so high quality looking, but not only that, they're non-toxic cookware and bakeware collections, and you can make a healthier cooking situation easy to do. The color matches our kitchen exactly, and I'm not gonna lie, I put them on the counter and then I took away the La Crusade. Whoa. Shots fire. Because it looked it just looked better. It's elegant and beautiful. They've got a cookware set which contains a modern and chemical-free iteration of the traditional 16-piece set, boiled down to four essentials: a fry pan, a saute pan, a saucepan, and a Dutch oven. It's all you need. Let and your husband figure out what the Dutch oven's for. Well, 
yeah, I am the cook in the family, and I'm super happy to be using these because they're non-toxic, non-stick. They're made with no toxic materials like PFAs, PTFEs, PFAOs, or any of those other hard-to-pronounce chemicals. And they've got this ceramic, naturally slick surface, which means you don't have to use very much oil or butter to cook with, and it just slides off the pan. Everything you make, eggs, easy to clean. Everything is easy. It's awesome. It looks so cute. I love them. And I think that I like when everything around me looks good. Yeah, if you've been thinking about getting some new pans, these are the ones we recommend. They're called Caraway. Their discount code is HONEYMOON. You can get 10% off. We can't recommend them enough. Check them out. Visit CarawayHome.com slash honeymoon to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners, so visit CarawayHome.com slash honeymoon or use code HONEYMOON at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, we're going to call John in Wisconsin. Oh my God, a man. We almost always have women. Hello, John. Hey, John. Ooh, beautiful lighthouse. <laughs> Thank you. Is that because you live in Wisconsin, you guys are kind of <laughs> landlocked? So you got to like think about the coast? Yeah, we got to we gotta make sure that the ships can see where the shore is so they don't run into it. <laughs> are you in like a fake building? What yeah, is that? this is so bizarre. <laughs> is that your house? No, this is a wall mural. Uh huh. Yes. Are you really into um, lighthouses, or what's the, what's the story here? <laughs> no, just like in northern Wisconsin, we have Lake Superior, and uh, we have lots of light, uh, lighthouses. Do you really in northern Wisconsin? I'm from Rockford, Illinois. Yeah. And there was nary a lighthouse to ever be seen. <laughs> you ever been to Superior? Lake Superior. Yeah. Like, no, Superior, Wisconsin's like right next to Duluth. Duluth? That's far away. That's like northern Wisconsin. Okay. Break out <laughs> yeah. the map, John. We, northern is, Wisconsin. This is killing me. We have to figure out the geography of where he is. Okay, okay. All right, John, we're joined by uh, comedian and friend of the pod, Fahim Anwar. Hello, uh, hello. There he is. I'm Moshe, of course. There's Natasha. How can we help you? All right, Motasha. Here's my problem. Yeah. Wait, why don't you include Fahim? How about Fahim? Fotasha. 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 Yeah, Fotasha. All right. So I was listening to the other podcasts and uh, people were asking about uh, issues that they wish their partner would do of their most wild sexual desire. And uh, my question is, um, I got this great girlfriend who does everything I want practically. Um, she mans a lighthouse for you <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> You, are you talking about everything you want sexually, sexually yeah. or in, in across the board, whatever? No, like she's a very practical girlfriend for my life. Oh, okay. It'll make sense. Gotcha. But she doesn't do my most wanted sexual desire. What is which it? Is, <laughs> she doesn't let me come in her mouth when, okay. I'm, when she's giving me head. So Okay. What that's about, my problem. That's I don't know good, how to get her to do it. A great, that's your yeah. most, that's what you want most or do you want it most because she's not into it? Have you, has no. this always been your that's thing? That's a good question, yeah. Natasha. That's a good question. No, that's what I want most. That's what you want most. Do you want to blast in her mouth? <laughs> Bingo. What, what do you like about that? Mm, probably the submission. I don't mm. know. Feels good. Submission, whole thing. What about, okay, I got some, Fahim, you got any uh, first thoughts here? Or I got, I got a million questions. Seems like hard to get her on board. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you're going to flip this one, you know? This is a hard one. She's she also from Wisconsin? Yeah. 
What if you involved cheese, like right as you were about to bust? Moshe. You got to like, <laughs> put a wedge of cheese, like you but. You bust on the wedge of cheese and then you give it to her and then she won't be able to resist because she's from Wisconsin. She'll be like, I love cheese. No, hold on, hold on. We have to ask the first question. Have you told her that you like this? Yeah. Yes. And have you said it's like my biggest, like, tabooist desire? It's the thing I want the most? <laughs> yeah, we've been together for a while now and I've been, like, really patient about it because she's like, oh, I will. I will, I will. Okay. But she never has, so. And do you want her to be laying down and you want to, like, be on top of her? Great question again, Natasha. You really get to the meat of the thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in her position. I'm honestly okay with whatever. Just want right. to do it. That's all. As long well, as so it's in her mouth. Maybe you could make it a little less aggressive seeming. Like it doesn't have to be you fucking her face. Maybe the first time. Maybe you could be like, hey, can you just like swallow my cum? Is that what you want her to do? You want her to swallow it? Can she be? Can you be laying down and her sucking your dick? <laughs> this yeah, is the dirtiest this podcast has ever been. Well, I'm and just I trying love to it. help him. Natasha, I just love how you're rolling with it. You don't have, yeah, well, if you, you don't have to say, do you want to swallow my cum? Well, because they're not face, talking about. You just deep gag her and then blast in her, in her gut. I mean, it's just simple. This is Natasha's advice. No, but here's the thing. He's not talking about like fucking her in the ass or something like I know, coming in someone's mouth that doesn't seem like it's not super high level that I, big of a thing I, that I, I mean i think it's cool that you're into that and i it's a very wisconsin deepest darkest sexual taboo <laughs> i will say that it's like it's crazy you guys won't even be yeah. able to believe it it's so fucked up and twisted but i i have a question um is she down with you doing that like other fun places like on her chest or on her back or on her face or on her or face even yeah, but he well, wants her to swallow it. But you it. happen to have, because most, I would say most people feel degraded, because that's what it seems like it is. It's one of two things, actually. This is what I think. Either she feels degraded by it, but actually, now that you say she lets you blast on her face, I'm thinking it's not that. I think she's physically repulsed by it. I think she thinks she like it thinks it's kind of it's gross. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is, and yeah. she can't really help that. That's not really about her not being like, uh, as Dan Savage calls it, good giving and game. That's about her being like, I'm going to gag. Ooh, so that's two G's. Sorry. I'm sorry. I have so much advice on this one. Yeah. What if you told her that you start, you're going to start drinking pineapple juice every day I and like it that. makes your Ooh. cum taste really good? Did it. Did it. Did <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's the first thing I did. I have not had anything but pineapples for the last her? year and a half. Did you tell her? Yeah, I already like don't drink. I work out a lot. That's funny. You made your cum all sweet for what her, if, but what if for no reason. It, what if you do it yourself to show her it's not so hey, bad? I love that. Have you tried that? You thought about doing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, have you done it? No. Oh wait. What do you say? You're like, look at me do it. Fahim's saying, then... why don't you get a uh, University of Madison, Wisconsin shot glass, blast into <laughs> it, and then look her in the eyes and take no, your own come down and say, it's out. really good. I like it. You go, see, Actually, not so bad. <laughs> Pineapple-y. Uh-huh. Yum. <laughs> like you're trying to get a child to take medicine. Mmm. <laughs> now you try. <laughs> like it's <So>. Dimetap. <laughs> I mean. She said that she would do it if I took a shot of my own cum. And? She did? Wait. No. But I haven't done it. Well, then there's your answer. Wait, Why is don't she you acting do it? like what? it tastes gross? Yeah, she is. I mean, to her credit, to her, it does. I mean, it's not even that it tastes gross. I bet. I bet it's more like she's repulsed by the idea. 
you know, of, of it's it's physically difficult for her to think about to that. drink runny, rancid, rancid. Come, he's been drinking pineapple juice. Rancid. Come. I'm curious. Is there anything she likes that you won't do? Great question. Maybe that you that is off limits for you. But no. you're game for everything. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so she pegs you, and you blast, and she won't jump underneath and and uh, grab it off of the sheet. I. She's also saying I will do it. That's another right. thing, you know. But you don't want to be the, you don't want to be in this position where you're always like, hey, you don't want to ask too much. Yeah. I mean, the well, real the reality is if, the, the reality is unless you have a a, de- a fame you're going to say something. Uh, I have a hypothesis. I think if you lay off the gas on it, you've yeah. already expressed how much you love this. If you lay off the gas a bit, she may surprise you. I think it's the constant mm. Hey, bite. hey, hey. Yeah. But she'll surprise you by drinking someone else's cum. And she'll be like, actually, the problem wasn't the cum itself. I was wrong. I love this flavor. <laughs> I think I think Fahim's totally right. I think the whole... I get what, I, I get what you're... This has been over the course of several months. No, and I, I've stopped asking. I get to see what would happen. And then I decided, all right, I'm going to call into the show. I get where you're coming from. I mean, okay, sorry. I get what you're saying. But I think that, like, even the language that you posed at the beginning, how do I get her to do this? Like, it's the the problem I'm seeing is, like, here's the thing. Unless you, like, have a deep, like, fetish, like a deep fetish, like uh, a Russell Peters who, who cannot have an, an orgasm unless he's looking at a foot. Unless you have a deep fetish, why would you want this person to do this thing that you know they won't enjoy? They're not your partner will not like it. They're not going to have a fun time. It won't be fun for them. So like why why what's hot about it? Is that what's hot about it? Or you it's always been something you're into. It's always been something I'm into. Yeah. Second of all, I don't think it's that high level of like a you're, you're right. fetish thing. Like you laughed at me earlier and you're like, oh, it's not even that bad. Right. It's not even that bad. No, I think so you're right. Not? And um, <laughs> No, yeah. I, I agree with you. Okay, I, can I ask a question? I, yeah, yeah. let me just say, though, I agree with you, and I'm not judging you. I don't think that you're asking for something degrading. I think that you're, you found someone who's perfect in every way for you, but they won't do this one thing, and that's part of being in a relationship is not everything's going to be perfect. I have a question. Have your pa- have a pa- has a past girlfriend done this for you in a way that you liked? Every partner I've been with before this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's a th- it's it, I just think that if this person if I knew that there was something I really liked. There are things that I really like that not every partner I've been with is is into doing. Motion wants to have three ways. Well, that's yeah, but that's yeah, but there's there's certain acts that I'm into that I know that not every partner will like and they were perfect in every other way, like awesome in every other way. Like I said, I think I would just say, you know what, this one's, I'm going to take the L. Like, I just am going to take the L on this one. And not. I'm not going to pressure a person that I love into figuring out how to do something they're not comfortable doing. Because what what pleasure will I get out of them not enjoying something? But that's his main sex life his one thing, thing that he wants. That's the what you so can't. So maybe he needs to find somebody else. It's still kind of funny, though. Like, at the end of the day, you're still coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like pure ecstasy, but you're like, I like ecstasy this other way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I like ecstasy while my girlfriend feels slightly degraded. 
I mean, it's interesting to me that that's yeah, it's interesting because like if it's submission you're after, she's letting you blast on her face. Like there's nothing that is more maybe you porno actually submission than that. That's the ultimate. Maybe you need to like stop wanting this. Well, maybe. think about the alternative. Say, imagine you're with somebody else who does do that thing, but then you lose all these other great qualities that she yes. has. Is that a better situation or not? Because nutting is a split second. It's so funny because he called. He called in, and I'm, he's like, "I didn't call in to figure out how to become a better man. I called in to figure out how to convince her to do this one yeah, thing yeah. that I want." You're not giving to. me anything that helps. I, I I do have some. I do have a suggestion for you on that. Okay, um, and I wish we had like a real sex expert on here for actual tips on how to make it more palatable. I mean, I do think that if you were to put like I do think that if you were to like sort of involve I've always found involving food and sex to be a little it's really not my thing I find it kind of disgusting but if you did find a way and you're from Wisconsin so it'll have to be fondue but uh, you know if you were to involve some sort of other things to mask the flavor I think that might actually help her like I don't know a honey or something or wine or something like that to like kind of like flavored mints. Yeah, some flavored mints. <laughs> I think that would actually help. And and but here's my other suggestion. My main suggestion is don't. I, I wouldn't pressure someone into doing something they don't want to do. But I would say, when's your birthday? In March. March. I would say, honey, my birthday is March. Blah blah blah. And as you know. Um, I this is my biggest sexual fantasy. I know it's not your favorite thing, and I'm prob- and I'm gonna not mention it again. But on my birthday, it would be really nice if we could do that, and I, then see what happens. I think not even setting that that date or whatever. I think she knows how much you like it already, and if not, maybe you could plant the seed one more time and then lay off. He's trying to plant the seed. She <gasps> oh won't my let god! Him. I just thought of it. What? Sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you not off. Not at all. You're just probably better than mine. But I'm just saying, if you laid off the gas and she already knows you like this and you're the sweetest boyfriend and everything is great, I think she's going to want to do it to surprise you and be... And no, be she's su- not. She doesn't want to do it to begin with. Okay, what's your thing? Mm. My thing is that you start getting really into eating her cum and drinking her cum and be like... Already there. You be like, you be like um, sit on my <laughs> face. I want to. I want you to like come on my face and then what if she, what if she was like i right, really want to sh- shit on your face <laughs> would you let her do that and she's like it's just my thing i want to shit on your face you know i probably i just think that if she was really about it i i'll try anything once no 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 you don't want her to do this <laughs> once do you you want her to do it as a regular part of your sex life right mm, and she true. says to you this is what i want I cover your face in saran wrap. I put a straw through it, the mouth part so you can breathe. And then I just bust a fat dump all over your face every single time we have sex. Would you, mm. you would be like, I'm not going to do that, right? Well, it's not every time we have sex, though. It's once in a while. You just want once. Mm-hmm. In, and it's never happened for you. It happened one time before oh, we started dating. It did. She, said she, would. she did it. I asked her to be my girlfriend. Never did it again. <laughs> this is becoming sad. Yeah, why buy the why buy the cow when you can get the nut for free? As they say. Oh, that was kind of rude of her. She did it before you guys started dating. Yeah. I mean, look. The, I think Fahim is uh, to, not to make funny. Although this is very funny, Fahim <laughs> is correct. The, the thing that you have to do, and I hate to say this, I say this with relationship advice a lot, a relationship is like an equation, right? And you just have to figure out how big the value 
of nutting in somebody's mouth is compared to the value of all of the other things you have to just put it on in the chunk mash it into the equation and do the math it, am i willing this woman even if she does it on your birthday she is never going to be the person that gives you this as much as you want it will never happen yeah she's not going to eventually get into this she will maybe begrudgingly submit to it once a year so that's reality <laughs> of this person right at, at the most and here's another important important aspect of it is that he cares about this so much that he told her on the first date and she did it. So you're not, this isn't just something that has evolved. This is like truly his thing. So, right. I don't know. Maybe he should look for another girl. I mean, to be what, fair, he did. You did meet her on come right? <laughs> yeah. Why was she on there in the first place? I know. She, she falsified she's that. She's trying to trap a man. Come on. It's a honeypot, but I think that's what you do, but it's what Fahim said. You, you put, Come, come swallowing on one side of the number line or whatever. I wasn't very good at math. And on the other side of the number line is all the other things, your sexual compatibility in other ways, uh, how, how she makes you feel, how much you love her, how much she supports Maybe you, blah, she blah, blah. Maybe she can cook. And, Maybe and you, she's really kind. You Maybe. crunch the numbers and you decide what's more important to you. And if, 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 that, if having that particular fetish satisfied is more important than those other things then you then you um then you leave her and you find somebody that's into what you're into if you and wanted if, to be like me to if you wanted to fuck me in the ass all the time i don't think i'd be able to do that mm, i don't honey i don't I you do would not. probably like it though listen if you were into it i wouldn't be against but i'm not it. into it but this so that what, makes you kind of not as into it anymore because you love me and you're like well you're not into but it but that's not true because if you're not describing an act a re- one of the many sex acts that is fun you're describing one particular thing that gets you off harder than anything else i don't have a thing like that right i don't have one thing where i'm like if there's one do you fahim no no like if there's one thing that i love it's it's this you know i just don't have that so i just feel like it's such a low ask yeah but not for her right i mean it just isn't for her it's not a low ask for her Honestly, the the come on the face is a much higher ask, and she's down with no, that. No, it just depends on the person. On the person. I'm just saying, if you were to kind of, I think I would rather get jizzed on my face and hair than have to swallow it. Okay. If I if I had to, you know, if if. Well, see, someone, John. If that guy, if John made me. <laughs> if John forced it to. <laughs> um, I know what you should do. I've I've realized it. Um, so you okay? You were dating, but not together, and she did it. Right. Yeah. Then you transitioned yeah. into boyfriend girlfriend. She stopped. Correct. Right. You just need to transition again. Marry her. Marry her, and she will be. If the moment she becomes your wife, she will be the come eating goddess that you've wanted. This yeah, whole that's time. what happens. Right. <laughs> it's classic. Once you get married, you get freakier. <laughs> I keep on hearing about married guys talking about all the crazy sex they keep having. <laughs> to the credit of the married guys, nobody wants to hear. Even if it was getting crazy, no one wants to hear that from American That's guys. That's a good point. Like, I had the yeah. fucking kinkiest come swallowing his sex with my wife the other night. You're like, oh, dude, dude, dude. No, no, stop. Um, well, good luck, John. I know this is hard and, you know, I don't think anything's going to be changing. You might have to be the one that changes. I think that is the secret. Either you change and accept that this person isn't into this or you move on and you say, you know what? My my kink is important enough to me that I can't be in a relationship with somebody that won't do it. I mean, I don't see the the I don't see the path to uh, c- 
convincing her to be into it. it that will never happen. You can only convince her to to be disgusted by a sex act once a year. That's probably what's in front of you. Okay, thank you. Not, Sorry. Yeah. He's disappointed in us. But what can we do? What do you think? Oh, let me ask you. What do you think? What would you tell me if I called you with the same question? I've thought a lot about this. I don't know, dude. I just think it's such a low ask that I don't know why she can't do it. Yeah, okay, but I'm saying that to you now. I'm talking about Natasha. Natasha, my po- I, I love her so much. She's the mother of my child. We do a podcast together. She's the most loving woman in the world. Beautiful, stylish. We're a but brand together. We're a brand, we are, we're a brand almost as influential as the Queen of England herself. And yet she will not constantly and nightly swallow my cum. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know how to get her there. John, what do I, what do you think? I don't know, dude. That's why I called you to ask. You do know. You would say, dude, she's not into it. She's never going to be into it. It's just not going to happen. That's not something that she's into. So you got to either move on or move on. Fahim, any thoughts? Yeah, you've laid it all out. It's. Uh, I think the best shot you have is maybe inform her one more time that you're into it. Try one more time. And then if she doesn't, lay off the gas, see what happens. And just think about it while it's not happening. And yep. go, is this important enough to blow up or not? Yep. I think I think anytime you're trying to convince a sexual partner to do something they're not comfortable with, you're in a zone that isn't good. And so if you can't stop I asking, I think if you can't stop asking, it is time to move on. And if it and it's okay to want something sexual so much that you're like, I can't make this work without it. That's okay. That's your thing. That's that's reality. And you need to get rid of this uh idea that it's a low ask because it's like you don't right. really know what I mean, you don't know what her past is. You don't know what she's into. It's like it's a low ask, but, you know, maybe for you, but, it, you know, you can't really judge another person. And That's so I yeah. think you have yeah. to be a little more respectful of her uh, and get that out of don't don't think that. Don't be like, I'm going to think that, but I won't tell her that. Like, mm-hmm. just try to, like, amend that in your head a little bit. And who knows? Maybe she will be more open to it. Natasha's right. It's not a low ask for her. In fact, it's more respectful to leave a person because you're not getting what you want than it is to pressure a person into giving you what you want. It's, it's actually the the bigger, the more uh, integrity filled choice. I think he needs to read a book on feminism or something. Cause like, do they have those in Wisconsin? <laughs> the desire to want to like come in her mouth all the time. He's like, I already know? did everything we tell him. <laughs> I read Betty Friedan and no, I'm not going to read anymore. <laughs> to your credit, John, you really have tried it all. Everything we suggested. <laughs> yeah, I did, did, it, did, I did it. it already. <laughs> did that. Did that. Pineapples. I went to Hawaii. I lived there for a decade. Um, good luck, John. Uh, good luck. I think, yeah, I think honestly the way, the way forward for you is to change your paradigm, not to change her desires. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Fair. Good luck, honey. Because yeah, you really do like her. Honestly, yeah. sex is a lot like a lighthouse on a lake. This is true. You know, and you just look for the light. You follow the light. Don't go into the darkness, my friend. All right. Good luck, John. All right. Bye. Well. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. I feel bad for the girl. I feel bad for everybody but involved. But see, Moshe, really. when we got married, you like totally would have loved if I was into like five different, five more things that I wasn't. Yeah, sure. But I, it. Exactly, it wasn't worth it for you. Exactly what Fahim said. There were things about uh, us sexually that were different, and also emotionally, and also socially, and also in every way. I mean, that's just what a relationship is. You you don't get all of the things you want. You you find the person that has the most of the things that you want, and you go, "Is this is this combination 
fulfilling enough for me to stay? And the answer was yes, you know. But I never had a thing. The one interesting thing to me about this guy is he's so fucking into this one <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. And he's willing to blow up his life <laughs> over, <laughs> over nutting in a mouth, yeah. which literally lasts like .001 seconds. Uh, 100%. Like watching TV, going on a trip with someone, having dinner. It's so funny. <laughs> like to blow all that up for .001 second. Actually, but half of it. But that's important to people. That's their sexual predilections. No, but you know? what's fun, what he's saying is his whole thing is, a right, is around the very last millisecond of the sex part like if his thing was i need like a lot of ball play during yeah. sex uh-huh. that's something that happens the whole time she won't touch my balls that's the only way i can get off that's something happening the entire time this guy's no, like he might want to fuck her mouth and not just come in no mouth. no no the, the, his thing he is wants to fuck her he wants it to end in her mouth and <laughs> you're so right like even half of it, it you're not into it anymore even like the first half, you're like, I'm so into this. And you're like, I'm not into, uh, into anything anymore. Yeah. I know people are different. And this is important for some people. But to me, it just seems like you're talking about slam dunking. And like a, like a slam dunk's a slam dunk. But some guy's like, it needs to be reverse jam. <laughs> <laughs> like it needs to be not a dunk. Like it's two points. Sex uh, is two points either way. But it's like it needs to be reverse. This is how important it is to me. It's I, just immaturity, right? Who knows what it is? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't so, understand it. Like, I, I don't understand it either. It's so specific that it feels like a fetish. But but if it is a fetish, what's going to happen is he might marry this girl and have a kid with her. And then he'll like go do a job or go have a secret life where he can like come in other mm. women's mouths. If I, it's that important to him. He may resent her if it's that important to him. I, I think that's why we gave him the advice we did. He needs to uh, just figure out how important this is to him. And honestly, I mean, not to be too um, uh, judgmental, but if he does do the equation and in the end, he's like, there's nothing more important than me uh, than a girl swallowing. There's something wrong. <laughs> I, could, I just want to see that scene. You know what I mean? Just like that beautiful mind. Yeah. Just like, you know, I thought about it and there's nothing more important to me than busting in a girl's mouth. And you're great in so many other ways. You check so many boxes, but I need this. And, it's been great. It's not you. It's that you won't swallow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Should we do one more call? Yeah. Do we Kinda have time? Get the taste out of our mouths, Yo. so to speak. It's 1030. Yeah. Let's do another call. Okay. We'll do one more call. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Have you ever felt like you needed some help dealing with a, a really yes. like kind of overbearing micromanaging partner that's kind of a, maybe yes. even verbally abusive? Well, if you've got a problem like that or any other problem, there has never been an easier time to find a professional to talk to. Find somebody. Everybody needs therapy and some need it more than some. So check out Talkspace. No matter where you are in your mental health journey, talking to a therapist who's trained to help makes a huge difference. Like I had a friend who would always be like, hey, why don't you just talk to your friends? Uh, that's what we do in Germany. Just talk to your friends. But also, like, it's nice to pay someone and it's nice to have their professional perspective. Didn't they invent psychotherapy in germany i'm just saying well anyway we're not leaving well anyway we're not living the german life anymore go to talkspace 
Com. Find yourself somebody to talk to. They do 24-7 contact with your therapist. You can text them. You You'll do- match with a licensed therapist. Yeah, you can you can video chat them. You can turn your camera off so you don't even have to face them as you discuss your issues. Everybody could use somebody to talk to and make it a professional. If thoughts and emotions are piling up, a fresh perspective can help you feel better. Match with your dedicated therapist today at Talkspace.com and use promo code HONEYMOON during sign up to get $100 off your first month. That's a $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code HONEYMOON. Try it out. Okay, we're going to call Joel in, in Portland. Portland. What is the same thing? He's like, she won't swallow him. <laughs> it's an epidemic. I think it was COVID. It was being <laughs> lo- in, in quarantine for a year. I really realized what I want. I, I, I'm a different person. What I want is for somebody to swallow. Hi, Joel. How hey, are Joel. you? Hey, Joel. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. It's good. Natasha, Moshe, and our friend Fahim Anwar. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. Big fan of all of you guys. Oh, thank you. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have so many men on the podcast. I although know. It's rare. It's getting a little more dirty well, now. But actually, now the that- last call was very, very man. It was. It couldn't have been more male gaze, male glaze, even, if you will. Uh, Wait, can I just tell you? The, the last caller, uh, he loved his girlfriend in every way, but she wouldn't let him come in his mouth in her mouth in her mouth and he was like what do i do what do uh, i what do you think about that do you think that's important it's a real conundrum yeah <laughs> it's a cum it's a conundrum if you will <laughs> how can uh, we help you is it as dirty it can't be it's not quite as dirty no um so basically situation is uh, um i actually wrote some notes because uh, i'm a little bit nervous but uh uh, a close girlfriend of mine has been dating this guy for a couple of years. They actually met at a birthday party of mine. Um, and we have like a pretty uh, close knit circle of friends. But uh, recently when we've been hanging out and particularly when we've been hanging out and he gets drunk, he's been sort of flirting with me pretty blatantly. And uh, I mean, he's not an unattractive guy, but I, have a partner of 14 years and also I'm not a monster, so I wouldn't ever do anything, but I don't really know how to address it without making it weird within our circle of friends, you know, and like, and, and, and I, don't, I it's not the kind of, cause I'm also close with him. You know, we actually, my boyfriend and I, when we moved back to Portland from Austin, Texas, we lived with him for a while and, you know, and he's a good guy. It's just this weird thing. And I also kind of think it's one of those things where if it really did come down to it, he would be too chicken shit to actually follow through with anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't know how to address it with in a, in a subtle or like a, yeah, in a way that's not going to make it weird. basically. Well, well, I've got the perfect advice for you. There is a guy in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, who would make <laughs> this whole situation go away. I mean, that guy would get what he wanted. John, yeah. Um, I do actually have an opinion here, though. This feels to me like you have to just put the kibosh on it and you have to be like, no, it's not happening. Yeah. And you have to just let it get weird. And you just have to put the person in order, kind of. Because if not, what are you doing? I, you know, I, right? I, Wasting time. I have a strong thought. I think you have to do something very uncomfortable, which is uh, to have sex with him in front of your friend and your boyfriend. <laughs> no, that's not what I was going to say. Is You have to ask him if he would like... It, it, they, you have to tell him you want to meet up with him. And you have to like go out to lunch with him when he's sober. Because the problem yeah. is he's got these 
whatever it is, desires or what or inappropriate behavior, whatever it is that comes out when he's drunk. And it's like fighting with somebody uh, about sex while you're having sex. You don't want that to happen. You have to like change the the setting, change the mindset and and just sit down at lunch one day and say, I don't even know if you're aware of this. This is so difficult and I don't know that I could do it, to be honest. But I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is something that I've been noticing that happens and it makes me uncomfortable for all of these reasons. I'm in a relationship. I'm friends with Wait, your he's girlfriend. Gotta take him, he's got to sit through a dinner for that to yeah. happen? That sounds really annoying. Is he not able to just do a sidebar at one of these things? I don't. Be like, is it be too weird because everyone's there? I mean, what do you think? Early morning coffee is way better than a dinner. Oh, no, fine. I'm just saying, I'm saying not doing it in the in the moment. Don't do it when he does it. Change the subject. Change the area. Make it so that you're having like an adult conversation with this guy. Yeah. What about a phone call? Could that work? Yeah, I guess. I you like could do phone that calls. Too. Come phone on. calls are great because you got your notes in front of you. Oh yeah, Boom. that's true. For context, there he knows. Like for instance, this all kind of first started when we were doing karaoke in his basement, and I was doing "If I Could Turn Back Time" by Cher, and so I had a wig on and my ass out. Well, that's your talking. fault, dude. I mean, I don't know why you're walking around in a Cher wig, being all seductive like that. <laughs> but uh, and so so then okay, so then his girlfriend went upstairs. It was just three of us this night, and um, and then he tried to he just straight up tried to kiss me, and and I sort of just ran away, and I've you know basically I'm trying to say. There has been a precedent where I'm like, I'm giving, I'm not giving him any signals that like, I want this, you know, and he's just not taking the hint. And so I, you know, I do think there needs to be some kind of explicit conversation, but I don't, I'm a fairly shy person. And so I don't know. I think like I'd like Give him a, a script. He needs a script yeah, for a phone call. Yeah, You're wanting to send an email. Is that what's going on <laughs> yeah, here? No, yeah, phone calls are better because emails are a back and forth. A phone call, it's a very uncomfortable t- 30, 15 minutes, well, he, but it's done. Well, here's the good news. Well, yeah, I think even if you do the phone call, if you preface it with like, this is hard for me, well, I'm sorry to do blah, 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 because then it's, it comes from a place of vulnerability as well. And it it's even more powerful that like you're powering through all this stuff to say this important thing that he needs to hear. Yeah. And, 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 and it, you can always put it back to you, like just where I'm at right now. It's just, I need to, I need to not uh, seduce my dear friend's partner <laughs> and cheat on my own partner. Well, it's but, just a weird thing but, where but I'm no, at this, right now. Isn't this person going to be like, I'm not doing that. So like, how well, does that's, he, that's my thought. Can, can you help him with the, the language? So he's not yeah. like accusing the other person. So the other person isn't then all of a sudden becoming defensive. Well, this is what it reminds me of is it reminds me of when I was, a, when, when we were kids and somebody, not when you were a little kid, because when you were a little kid and you were getting bullied, there was nothing that could stop a bully. But when you got to a certain age, like college age, and people would treat you poorly, it was it, it always when I would see that, I would always go, if that person would just say directly to the person, I'm you gotta be 18 plus for this. What you're doing makes me uncomfortable. I I dislike it. I don't want it anymore. The bullying would stop. But that barrier between the discomfort of just saying directly to somebody who's like treating you poorly, you need to stop. It's it's so embarrassing for people that they will literally put up with abuse which is in a weird way kind of what you're doing you're kind of putting up with abuse i mean unwanted sexual advances when you're in a relationship and are a friend with the person's partner what is, happens is when abusive the, in a way what happens when the guy denies it though well this is i think he's like i wasn't doing anything well, or perfect. that's your problem that maybe yeah. it'll happen but the the thing is i think he'll be mortified 
And I think you guys are all grown-ups. And I, I just get the feeling that if you were to say it directly, even if it isn't an email, or, or I don't think a text message is good, but I would do a conversation. He'll be embarrassed. He'll probably be more... Hopefully, if he's a good guy, he'll be mortified. He's probably not fully... He's probably because he's drunk he's like there are desires that he has that he's repressing that are coming out in this drunken state he'll be mortified and he'll never do it again mm. if he does do it again now you got amazing information this guy fucking sucks and you need to cut him out of your life i yeah. mean you know he probably is bordering on that anyway because this is not even if he denies it he'll probably stop doing it that exactly. so it's like a plus either way but you could say something like i don't know if this is i don't think you should i was just gonna say you could say something like, I don't know if this is just my perception, but he doesn't deserve that. He tried to kiss you. It's not just your perception. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, that's like, um, you was know. Was he drunk? Yeah, he's yeah. drunk. Yeah. It only happens when he's drunk. This is like, when when we're sober, we were just hanging out earlier today and he's like totally fine. But, well, you know, that's another thing. I, I think that you might want to like not be hanging out with him all the time in your yeah. leisure <laughs> life, you know, and like, especially until you like, set this straight i mean you guys what you hang out in the day and then you're gonna like call him and have this conversation like right well the problem is that it's a yeah it's like there's like maybe four or five friends like this like friend group is pretty small and so i i kind of see him like it would be hard to cut him out without like you know right but it's not one-on-one right it's like four or five Uh, friends that's nice i wish i had four or five friends that hung out all the time that sounds fun um (laughs) okay i i have a, a thought because uh, my, my old AA sponsor always used to say this to me when I, when I would want to confront someone. He would always say, why do you want to confront this person? Do you want to do it in order to preserve the relationship or do you want to do it in order to tell the person off? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that would be a good question for you to ask yourself. Like, what do you want out of the conversation? Do you want him to... Sounds do like wa- he likes him. Do you want? Yeah, yeah do I you- do. So that's a, a great place to start from is... Your friendship is super valuable to me, and I don't want this to make to fuck our friendship up. That's a good script, yeah. but it's yeah. it's getting to super close. valuable. That's it, good. It's getting it <laughs> it's getting close to that point for me because I'm uncomfortable because of this stuff. I don't even know if you're aware you're doing it, but it's just making me uncomfortable. I need it to stop. And yeah. he'll if he does, I think Liam's right. If he denies it, he'll never do it again. If he says, "Okay, you're right," I just I don't know what I'm thinking. He'll never do it again. If he does it again, you you need to blow your little four friendship circle up because this guy's <laughs> bad news. He doesn't respect boundaries. Yeah, yeah, that's that makes sense. And and it's hard, but you know, think about this as like a personal challenge for yourself. Like you're kind of shy, and you don't want to confront him, and you don't want to like. You maybe you're a people pleaser. I don't know. Maybe you just don't want to like make anyone feel uncomfortable but this is always this stuff is always good for your own growth mm-hmm. you know to make to challenge yourself in a positive you know you're not trying to cause him harm you're just trying to like grow and be stronger and bigger as a person and a man and whatever it is you know like i i feel it like that sometimes like i want to like stick up for myself in new ways and then yeah. i become stronger so right I, yeah that's actually why i suggested at the beginning making a date with him because it puts you in a corner too. Mm-hmm. If you say, "Hey, I'd love to get coffee just you and me," then you know 
that when you get there, you have to have the conversation. You're not, you can't half step it. You, I would still do a phone call. I would do a phone call too. I think the problem with the coffee he's is, gonna get there all horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so ambiguous. Like, like you don't even right, know what he he's thinking. He thinks you're coming on to kind him. Of, yeah. Like finally, uh-huh. <laughs> he comes with no pants on. Like no, <laughs> the opposite. Well, I came incredibly drunk, as I know you want me. <laughs> You're right. Okay, fine. Phone call. Could phone you do call. that? Could you commit to yourself to do the phone call? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, and also your friend group deserves it because if you guys can't figure this out, yeah, your you girlfriend, your girlfriend, and your boyfriend deserve it. Like Wait, everybody you a- and you, everybody here deserves this conversation to be had. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you need to do it for everybody. You yeah. need to do it for the friend group. That's right. Uh-oh. All right. Well, good luck. Wait, hold on. I want to know. Do you think you can do it? Yeah, I can do it. Can you hear me? I think yeah. it kind of cut out for a second. You commit to it? I commit to it. I'll call you yeah. back and let you know how it yeah, goes. Yeah, do it. Yeah, we love that. All right, okay. good luck. Come see me in um in Portland uh J- July uh 22nd and bring bring the guy. Kind of I've got I've got tickets to it with two of the friends who uh are involved in this little friend circle. <laughs> we'll make some it. weird eye contact with the guy like make a subtle <laughs> eye thing and po- point. All right. We'll see you in right. July then. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Touche. Yeah, Moosh. I wanted to talk to you about Bruch. <laughs> it's our favorite toothbrush, and it is honestly a game changer. I mean, I am on my second brush. They sent me another one, but I still like my old one. The old one works just as well. Now we've got two. Now I got an extra brush. I mean, if you are thinking about getting an electric toothbrush, we got to tell you Bruch is the one. It's so It cleans your teeth so well, but it also the coolest part is it looks dope. It looks like it belongs in your hip apartment. Even the charger is cute and they use, it's got sonic technology. So they use industry leading sonic technology to to produce 42,000 brush strokes per minute, which is 300 times the brush strokes per minute of a regular toothbrush. I told you that my dentist said you have to use an electric toothbrush. I I trust that guy. I got to be honest with you. My mom recently found another, a competitor brush. It's not good. A competitor brush. I won't even, I won't even besmirch it by calling it a I won't even I won't even give it the honor of calling it a brush. My mom found this other thing and sent it to me as a gift online. I was like, oh, I'll try it. And honestly, it's a, a famous brand that a lot of people get on these podcasts. Not even close. I know. The brush was is so much better and looks so much more cool. And the battery lasts forever. It's four week battery life, which actually maybe I don't brush my teeth for long enough because mine lasted longer. Mine lasted like two months. Right. Well, you brush your teeth once you brush your tooth once a month, <laughs> once a month. Right. <laughs> anyway, they have a subscription plan where they will send you a three pack of replacement brush heads. So you don't even have to think about it because sometimes I'll get those electric toothbrushes and I'll forget. And then all of a sudden it's months and months later. And I'm like, this thing is all gr- gunky and gross. Don't worry about it. They send it straight to you, and they're just really slick looking, really cool. They clean really well. They've got a 90-day return policy, too, but you're not going to use it because this thing is so dope. Did you know, Moshe, that despite the recommendation from dental professionals to do it twice per day for two minutes a day, 30% of millennials admit they only do it once and even skip for days at a time? You know, I did know that, actually. Really? Yeah, well, it's on the copy of this ad that they sent us. <laughs> Anytime I can disparage millennials with data. Are you a millennial with yuck mouth? Get yourself a brush. We cannot recommend it enough. We use it, and our teeth are sparkling clean. So listen, you can get 20% off our favorite tooth brushes when you pick up your brush brush kit and plan and go to brush.com slash honeymoon. That's 20% off when you go to brush.com slash honeymoon. 
Man, I got to say, I like these men calling in. They have these interesting, I, it's probably just a coincidence, but those are two really juicy calls. Yeah, it was good. Maybe you want more men on the podcast, Moshe. I think I do. Fahim, what do you think, bro? <laughs> I'm for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's time for men to finally get our break. That's what <laughs> yeah. I say. Um, Fahim, do you have any, um, uh, besides watching the amazing uh, stand-up special hat trick, on YouTube, Fahim Anwar, really good, really funny. Thanks, you're Thank just, you. you're so good. You always have. So I want to watch it. If some of those bits that you did in London are on them, no, that's from my first special that I did for CISO that nobody ever got or watched. They were a part of the clip economy themselves, weren't they? They may have started the clip economy. That's, CISO, that's right. Um, but where else can people see you? Do you have anything coming up? Uh, always uh, at the comedy store. Yeah, comedy store is my home club. I'll probably be doing some dates in the fall. I'll cool. hit the road. Um, but yeah, hat trick on YouTube. And then my first special, which some of those bits you saw in London, that's on YouTube now. It's called There's No Business Like Show Business. That's on Comedy Central's YouTube. So, Did you get that uh, title from Ethel Merman? No. Like one time I got booed at the Apollo when I was like 18 years old in Seattle. <laughs> really? There's like 4,000 people at the Paramount Theater. And, and you my- were performing? Oh, yeah. I was like up there for five seconds and I just got booed by the entire theater, you know? Was it, it was the Apollo it was in the, Seattle? It was the, they were doing amateur night on tour. So they were going to like wow. major metropolitan so cities. So it was an all and black audience, yeah, pretty yeah, much? Yeah, yeah, So I'm like 18 getting booed by 4,000 black people. And then uh, it's like a nightmare, you know? Yeah, like, yeah like, sure. So then. And my, did they start booing you? How, how long were you on stage? Probably lasted five seconds. Did you five say hours. anything or were they just like, I don't like the looks of you? Uh, I don't know. It it could have sucked, but then also it was a little bit after 9-11, I was opening them like, my, <laughs> my opener was bad. I was just like, nah, my name's Fahim. It's a, you know, it's an Afghan name. And they're like, woo. So maybe you shouldn't have opened with that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah, it not. It was actually disrespectful of, to it America. Was. I should to have America. waited. I should to... have waited by saying what I was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they my, booed. Well, my, yeah. And so they booed. I get booed off stage. Right. And then my dad, you know, my parents are Afghan. They have never, I mean, they're turning the corner now, but they weren't into me doing comedy. That's just something you don't do, uh-huh. right? You were an aerospace engineer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and my dad, he hated that I would go and do open mics and stuff as a kid, and he just hated I was doing stand-up. And so, he was he enjoyed that I got booed by 4,000 <laughs> people. So, we're driving home. We're in the Dodge Caravan, you know, and it's like traumatizing. No one's saying anything because they just saw. Oh, he was oh, there? He, he was there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. my God. He was there because it's a big thing. Like, I got Whoa. accepted because they really like me. They genuinely like me. So Who did? The, the casting people. Oh, the casting people, but the audience. The audience did it, yeah. Because they made me switch my material around. I had something about hip hop and they were like, oh, why don't you switch it up? Start with the Afghan stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm young. I'm like 18. Oh my God. Do you think that they set you up to I fail? don't know. It was just bad. They do I learned need the booze on the Apollo. They need, that's part of their yeah, thing. That's part of it, yeah. Right. So you're um, driving back in the Ford. So yeah, the Dodge Caravan. The Dodge Caravan. And then it's silent. No one's saying anything for, you know, you can cut the tension with a knife. And then my dad he just has a smile on his face, you know, and he goes, well, there's no business like show business. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I knew it's I had supportive. To, I mean, in no, a way. not at all. It, no. was, it was like it was like it's also rubbing vi- your hands. He's he's being vindicated, or he's yes. really funny. He thought that I had been broken, and like finally uh-huh. he can start his real life. That's really funny. Wait, had but he, he said seen, it was an origin story? Had he seen you kill before? 
No, I think that's the only time he's ever seen me. They've ever seen me do stand up. Was that's to, still the only time to well, bombing I'm, I'm, at Showtime yeah, at the Apollo? Yeah, yeah, for four thousand people. Hilarious. That is four thousand so people is a lot of people. It is. It is a lot of people. I don't. I mean, I've rarely performed for that many people. But what's it might be more. But what's neat about it is that if you get off the mat after that, totally, you were fucking born to do it. Yeah, because that is like the atomic bomb of nightmares for every. That's comedian. not your first time on stage, though, right? No, I was, but I was probably like a few months in or a year in. Oh, you were really new too. I was too. pretty new, yeah. Wow. And you didn't think maybe don't bring your parents to this one? No, I was pretty good early on, honestly. Like I, I You did are it. good. Well, that's nice. I'm not saying you weren't good, but to me, there's a lack of awareness mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to be four months into stand-up and go, you know where my parents would see me do stand-up for the first time? <laughs> The show that is based on the audience <laughs> booing, particularly booing people that are not ethnically connected to them. It's like kind of the theme of After the show. After 9-11. I'm 9-12. It's like, like, no way this like, could go bad. You, you couldn't have designed a worse game plan for me to go out there. Okay, can I ask open. you a question? That yeah. is funny. Did you cry? No. But you know what happened? After it happened... Um, it's almost like you ever see those war movies where a flashbang goes off and you just hear like a high pitch. Uh-huh, sure. I was, I remember getting off stage and I was in the stairwell of the Paramount theater and there was a desk there. You, <laughs> you know how like high school desk where they have the basket yeah. underneath and it's that little L shaped. And I just sat, I just sat in that <laughs> chair just with this like thousand yard stare trying to make sense of what happened. Like, was that real or cause it's so surreal you don't have any stimuli that compares with something right, like that. Right. So I was just in that stairwell for like 20 or 30 minutes trying to make sense of what happened and like, what do you do now? And like, and it seems like you hadn't entertained that. Oh, that was not, outcome. That, was not that was not an outcome that I foresaw happening. Like, and that's just youth naivete. Yes. There is, there's a beauty to that. Like when you think about mm-hmm. your first couple of years of sure. stand up delusion mm-hmm. is rocket fuel yeah totally you need that mm-hmm. even even though you're not anything yet you need that to, for to acting think you too for any form of the arts yeah any big celebrity that you know no one wanted it to happen that's what you have to realize you know who doesn't need delusion to really thrive as an artist right what the ai algorithm that's true right they, all they need is data a lot of data. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Wait, of hold data. on. If the AI algorithm gets your jokes and can write or can write jokes better than you, what do they? How do they perform it? The ultimate. What scene, do they look like? The ultimate scene in your movie in the in the, the Fahim Anwar story biopic <laughs> is uh, is you, you do that. You bomb in front of your parents, and then you're like an 80 year old legend, and you go out. <laughs> you go out to the the Showtime at the Apollo t- 20. Uh, 2750 in the year 2750 and there's just a computer monitor and it's like so I am Afghan <laughs> and the crowd's like ha 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 yay we love this 2750 you I think know, it would take no, 700 no. years for that to happen Maybe more like 7 no, All right, you know, for right. the cool version of that movie I'm like 80 years old or whatever I do the same stage 6,000 4,000 people I crush ah, standing ovation I go into the the stairwell. The desk is still there. I sit down. I light up a cigarette, and I just think about my life. And the you, credits roll. You die. I die right then and there. Yeah, you get you have a heart attack and die. Uh-huh. All right, well, Fahim, you're the funniest. I'm glad that Thanks you did for not. Thanks sharing that story. I'm glad you didn't submit. I, it's so funny. I have an origin. I won't bore the. T- I think I've told it on the podcast before, but I also have an origin story of my stand up that is connected to 
doing a, a black room. It was at the Laugh-A-Palooza Festival. Have I told this story before? I don't know, honey. Well, shall I? Yeah, All right. Do, yeah, do. I, I, the biggest thing that ever happened to me in my career at that point was uh, I got asked to do New Faces at Laugh-A-Palooza. The Urban Comedy Festival. I still remember being at my day job, and when I got the call, the guy's like, "Moshe Kasher, this is John Johnson from the Laugh-A-Palooza Festival. You've been selected." And I was like leaping yeah. in the elevator, and like, and then they were like, "All you got to do is buy your own plane ticket, get your own hotel room." And I was uh, none of these were red flags for me. So I fly out to Atlanta on my own dime. There's a lot of funny stuff that happened, but the shows they were, they hadn't promoted the show there were no human there were no audiences in the shows and so night after night after night i just it was awful nobody could have done well right but the final it was awful but there were luckily executives that they'd convinced to come from comedy central and just for laughs so that they could come see you bomb and form lasting opinions about how funny you were (laughs) for years to come and in fact i thought to myself i used to say that i thought oh no that's not true they didn't really form lasting opinions about me and then i actually asked one of the executives from comedy central i was like by the way did you do you remember me from laugh-a-palooza this is after they finally started letting me work on comedy central and she's like oh yeah i remember go did you like see that and kind of like form a lasting opinion she's like oh yeah i thought you were terrible for years it was like really it was true so i terrible 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 and they had these big shows uh the other funniest thing was they had these big shows that were like a con job it would be like cedric the entertainer i remember cedric the yeah. entertainer was a person and they would sell tickets to the cedric the entertainer show and these people would buy tickets to see Cedric the Entertainer. Cedric would come out do a five-minute set and be like, okay, we're going to start our TV taping, introducing you to all of these people you've never heard of. And so people were like upset. The whole thing was a, a, a funny mess. Yeah. Um, but I did awful, awful, awful. And there was a best of, best of New Faces show happening after the main show on Saturday night. And I was like, I went up to the guy, John Johnson, and I go, I got to be on that show, man. And he looked at me and he was just like, all right, I got you. It was like, okay, I didn't used to do stuff like that. I didn't used to like stand up for myself in that way. I always had some form of imposter syndrome or whatever, but I did it. It was at the punchline in uh, Atlanta. And I went to the punchline in Atlanta. It was after the, the show. So it was like the show was at eight. So the, the late show started at like 1130. And I go up to the booker there and I'm like, I'm on the show. And she's like, I don't have your name on this list. And I'm like, I'm on the show, which again, I'm, it's not my style. I go, have I told this story before? Oh, well, why didn't you stop me? Come on, no, I haven't heard it. Come on. I, yeah. All right. You're on a roll. Come on. I go, I, I am on the show. And she goes, okay. You know, I like looked at her with all the power I had. I go, I'm on the show tonight. And she's like, okay, I'll put you on last. So they do the show. Hours and hours are going by. It's 1.45 in the morning when I get up. I get up. I go, uh, my opening question was like, you guys tired? As an as an audience, they chant back, yes. And then I just bomb. I bomb so hard that I had a VHS tape in my pocket to give to the booker at the at the punchline to try to come back and get some work. And I did. I calculated that it wasn't worth the cost of a VHS tape to bother handing this woman the VHS Aww. tape. I was like, this is, I'm just going home. I'm like, you know that feeling, that like poison feeling when you yeah, just like yeah. had the worst experience of your life? I'm like, I fly home. I'm like, just like uh, in such pain. And that night was the Sunday night at the Punchline San Francisco, strangely enough, the same kind of club, uh, the same name club. And the rule in that club, uh, it was Halloween weekend. The rule on Halloween weekend at the Sunday night Punchline shows was you had to be in costume in order to perform. 
and I'm sitting in my apartment staring at this like skin tight Lycra astronaut costume that I had bought for this staring at it thinking I should just quit I should get out of this business this is stupid I have a I have better things to do with my life I'm like am I gonna do it am I not gonna do it and I just go you know what fuck it I'm gonna do it and I'm like the the dignity and indignity of pulling on like this lycra astronaut suit and getting in my geo metro to drive across the bay bridge to like go up and i got up because i was in costume and i swear to god it was the best it was one of the best sets i've ever had in my life it wasn't just the be- one of the best sets i've ever had in my life it was a literally a transformative set where i became a different performer that night from the performer I was before i like transitioned into like the performer that i am now so Without that humiliation, I don't know that I would have even had that kind of breakthrough. Wow. I have a similar story, but I won't tell you. No, come on. Tell us. <laughs> it's okay, honey. Why? We want to know. I mean, I'm just saying it's 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 the part of the know. Tell non-algorithm the artist's totally. uh, path. Yeah. A computer can't suffer. Maybe that is it. Maybe that's why a computer will never make great but art. what if exactly. once it can, then we're fucked? Once, <laughs> once the algorithm can suffer? Right. Maybe once if it does become sentient, it can suffer. Why don't you tell us your story? Yeah. I'm a little too upset about the idea of things happening exponentially like so fast during this segment of AI and like sentientness that I am sort of like breathless. And You're I, unable to tell a I'm story? I'm unable to tell the story. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week. Maybe I'm just saying will- this guy just said, if he's saying now that the robot's sentient, let's say he's crazy. But let's say that it's sentient in like two years. As soon as it becomes sentient, it happens like exponentially, like faster and fat, like so fast. It's like a blip. Here's what I'm saying. Global warming is happening. So I'm not going to get upset about a theoretical fear when there's one that's right here. Don't do it. That's a good point. Yeah, don't do it. Your life will be better. Listen, I think the solution to all of this is for us to just swallow cum and accept the future. Let's just swallow the cum. Fahim? Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. Right. Hat trick on YouTube. Check it out right now and see Fahim if you can. He's one of the best. Thanks for joining Thanks, us, man. Guys. Take Thanks, it easy. Fahim.